Welcome to the Inside Story on Franchising with valuable insights on how to create multiple streams of income through franchising and building businesses. Host Ricardo Matos has spent more than 25 years building businesses in multiple industries and helping other business owners succeed. His expertise and entrepreneurial know-how will educate and inspire you. On the show, Ricardo brings together industry experts and insiders who share solutions and strategies along with a passion for helping entrepreneurs make the best decision when it comes to buying a franchise or any business opportunity and much more. All right. Good afternoon, Brett. Welcome to the Inside Story of Franchising. Today, we're interviewing Brett Stewart. He's a considered one of the most well-rounded capital gain tax defer expert in the business industry. Brett, welcome to Inside Story of Franchising. What, how you been today? Ricardo, better than I deserve. I'm excited to be here to add value to you and your listeners. That's always great. I love when people say those things. And not only that, not only to me, but a lot of those listeners who are interested of owning a franchise and knowing what franchise is all about and some of the things and the tools that they need to have in their life to continue striving their business. And a lot of times people don't realize how many different applications or things or need they need to be in the back end to run a business. And one of the best, biggest misconceptions people when they buy a franchise, even though a franchise is a proven methodology, is that they, the franchisor gives them all the tools. Well, unfortunately, that's not always the case, but people like you who have certain ideas or suggestions, it's always to keep them in the back end to additional growth and stimulate to continue expanding their knowledge. So, Brett, what can you tell us about who you are, what do you, what do your business is, and what is it your business does? Absolutely. So, most you know, franchise owners or business owners, they struggle with capital gains tax when they go to sell their highly appreciated asset. So, let's say they bought something for you know three hundred thousand, and now it's worth three million dollars after twenty years of blood, sweat, and tears. Well, they're faced something with with capital gains tax somewhere between thirty and fifty percent being wiped out of that gain. And so we provide transformational exit planning through a tool called a deferred sales trust, which gives them tax deferral, liquidity, and the ability to retire from their business and or launch a brand new business, all tax deferred, so they can create and preserve more wealth. And that's always good, but bro, can you give us a little inside information of how you started into the capital gain? What is your background overall? How, what is your expertise in general of who you are and what you are? Uh, I know you gave me a really nice insightful information about capital gain, but can you enlighten us a little bit more in detail? What is it that you do and who you are? And sure, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Thanks for asking. So I started out in real estate business as a real estate uh, commercial broker at a company called Marcus and Militap in 2006. And uh, at that time, things were going very well, Ricardo. The market was up, deals were happening, people were making a lot of money in real estate. And I was just a brand new you know, agent in the business, just learning for the first time here in Northern California. You see, I grew up in the business of, of my dad building houses in the Bay Area. And I, I played sports in high school and college. And I was excited to launch my career. So I was going and learning a lot, but maybe your listeners know or don't know, but even as a business broker or real estate broker, you don't get paid unless you close a deal. And so I was newly married, just trying to make it in the business. And I don't know if you've ever been so scared, Ricardo, where you're not sure how you're going to be able to support your family at home, but I had a brand new daughter at home 
and my wife at home and uh, it was tough. And I just started to get some momentum going and learning the business because it takes a while to get going. And just when I got to get some momentum, the 2008 crash hit. And it's wow. like, it feels like a brick wall. When that brick wall hit, I went, I did what every good entrepreneur does. And uh, I went and got a side hustle at a place, um, a different, different work, working a side job. And that place is actually a place called Cheesecake Factory, where I, I worked night and weekends serving cheesecake and, and serving food. So by day, I'd be making calls, you know, help people sell real estate. And by night, I'd be selling cheesecake. And so it was a, it was a humbling experience. But at the same time, it, it's a part of my journey to persevering and striving through a tough, tough time and Fast forward, um, I learned a little bit about a strategy, which we're going to talk about here today, yeah. um, that transformed the way I do business forever. It transformed the way my clients do business forever, too, when it comes to selling their highly appreciated business or real estate. And so I started to apply this strategy. In fact, my business manager at the time brought in um, a gentleman to speak who's now my business partner. And ever since I learned about this thing called a deferred sales trust, I just couldn't help but about it and show it how it works. So fast forward, I now coach and train business brokers, financial advisors, and uh, commercial real estate uh, owners on how to use this to create and preserve more wealth when they, when they help their clients sell real estate or a business. Or if you're listening for the first time and you own a franchise, how you can too defer capital gains tax when you go to sell your business. And not only that, uh, one of the key strategies though, when you start owning a business is finding that exit strategy, right? having your business plan, a key ex exit strategy for your business. And that basically what you just said, what can you tell us about the first sales on a trust or what we call it a DST and why is it so important? Yes. Yeah, so most, again, clients, they struggle with capital gains tax, but more than that, they also want to give them what's called a transformational exit plan. Okay. And I'll talk about the difference between that and just like a transactional exit plan. So most most folks, when they think about selling their business, they're thinking about a couple options. And the first one is what I call a transactional exit plan, which is just carrying paper for the buyer, right? In other words, you come with a down payment, I will become the bank and I will lend you my equity on the deal. Therefore, our deferred some tax is called a seller carryback or owner financing. And that's probably the most traditional way folks have done things. But the challenge with that is you're tied to that buyer, Ricardo. Yeah. So as nice and has, as well-intentioned as you may be, if I'm selling you my business, I may have to foreclose on you. I may have to take the business back. The market could fall apart, right? You may not be able to pay your bills. COVID-19 could happen. In other words, you're not diversified. You're counting on one person or one group who's buying your property or your business, and you're putting 100% or a lot, of your, a lot of your blood, sweat, and tears, you're carrying back that equity, and that person may foreclose on you, right? Mm -hmm. And I like to call that the transactional exit plan, or also known as kind of like the blockbuster way of doing things, Ricardo. Do you remember back in blockbuster, the old days, about oh, 10 yeah. years ago? You'd show up on a Friday night. You want to get that favorite movie. You see the movie at the end of the, at the end of the end of the uh, side of the store. You'd walk over to it, but guess what? Someone got there before you, and so that movie that you want, they get, and so uh, you're frustrated. So you grab another movie, right? And you're not your first choice, but that's okay. You're still gonna you don't make the best of it, right? But then you go home and you have to rewind it. Oh, so you're waiting another five or six minutes to rewind it, um, and then fast forward two days goes by and you forget. But you don't re, uh, send it back, and now you get a fee after three days. 
Okay, this is the transactional type of planning that most people do. They're stuck in these really small windows with uh, no diversification, no liquidity. They might have to take it back. Whereas you now have the Netflix, which is known as the Deferred Sales Trust. Mm -hmm. And it's a better way of doing things, right? There's no timing restrictions. You don't have to finance someone 100%. You don't have to finance someone, anyone at all. You just have to finance the trust. And then you can invest it whenever you want. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Or you can use it to fund your next business venture. In fact, we just had a business owner. He sold a $2.6 million business in Alabama. And he was faced with $600,000 of tax, Ricardo. You see, his partners, they didn't want to sell, but he did. There was three people total. So his partner said, we'll buy you out. And so they bought him out, but he's looking at the $600,000 tax liability. So that was his brick wall. He was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he goes, also, I want to go start a new business afterwards. And uh, how am I going to get funding for all of this? Who am I going to have to borrow from? Yeah. So into the deferred sales trust, he, he gets connected with us. He has his you know, CPA, his legal team go through it. We go through it all with him. And for the first time, he sells, defer all of his tax, and then puts a, a big to go start his next real estate company which he's doing right now in his development business of multifamily investments in Tennessee. You see, it became, it became transformational for him, right? Because he could separate from this big partnership issue. He could defer his tax, but then he can use it to launch his next business dream, right? Without having to count on venture capitalist or a hard money lender or a bank over there. In fact, no, he could use his trust to fund his the business venture. Yeah, the leverage. leverage. Tax the deferred. Leverage. Yeah. And based on what you're talking about, and basically about that leverage, there's a distinction between an DST, right? And, and a 1031. Can you elaborate for our listeners what a 1031 is? And if it fails, what is the difference and what is the uh, benefit behind it? Great question. So a 1031 is part of that first category, blockbuster or transactional exit planning, right? It's not really even an exit plan. It's more of a continuity strategy where you're selling a like-kind investment real estate for another like-kind investment real estate or a business for a like-kind business. Although most business owners I meet never do 1031s with businesses because it's just too complicated, okay? But essentially, you can sell something you can defer tax, right? Here's the challenges with the 1031. And this is why it's a transactional tax deferral strategy versus transformational. I could call it the shotgun wedding. Ricardo, you ever have those friends who got married real fast? They met somebody, fell in love within 45 days, got engaged and got married within 180 days. I have those friends. Some of those marriages don't work out so well, right? Because it's, it's like this forced shotgun, quick decisions. And that's what the 1031 forces you to do. You see, you have to identify within 45 days that like kind property you're going to buy. You have to get engaged to it, put it on your list, and then you have to close on it or marry it within 180 days. Not good, Ricardo. Our parents taught us yeah. to sell high and buy low. They didn't teach us to sell high and shotgun wedding into a 180-day later, uh, later deal. Yeah. Right? And that's what happened in 06 and 05. People were doing the shotgun weddings, overpaying for properties, and some of them lost everything. Right. So while I was going through my journey of trying to survive and make it in the business, my clients were also going through a similar journey and just trying to hold on to what they had made, not lose it to the banks. And the number of thing we identified as the biggest challenge to this was the capital gains tax. And oh, by the way, the 1031, because they were buying for equal or greater value with more debt. They felt trapped, Ricardo. They didn't want to buy it. They knew it was a seller's market. Enter the deferred sales trust, Netflix. You can park the funds on the sidelines and wait for as long as you want. You never have to buy real estate ever again, Ricardo, if you don't want to face the toilet's trash and liability. In fact, you can put it in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or other business ventures that someone else is managing and operating. Okay? You can wait and not have to have any debt. 
And that becomes transformational. Why? Because it frees up your time. And when time is your friend, guess what? You can make better decisions. When time is not your friend, you're stuck swimming in what's called the red ocean. What's the red ocean, Ricardo? It's where all the sharks are feeding. It's where all the blood's in the water. It's where everyone's chasing deals. All the jellyfish. All the jellyfish. You want to be in the blue ocean where it's calm and you're diversified. The Caribbean. Debt. <laughs> Caribbean, baby, where, where you know you're making a good deal and it's a good time to buy, right? So with COVID-19, we think right now is the best time to sell, to get on the sidelines, to get out of debt, to get diversified, and then just to be patient. Let all of the other chaos and madness go on and then buy when it makes sense for you. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's, uh, that's the power of the Deferred Sales Trust. Very much interesting. And, and how, how would you attract high net worth partners by unlocking their highly appreciative asset for them to invest into an indication you know, of a property or a business? Great question. The answer is you use the Deferred Sales Trust and you educate those who are in your network. Who are they? Well, if you are a business broker, you want to speak with the tax or attorneys or mergers and acquisition folks that you work with, with the financial advisors that you work with, the luxury realtors. In fact, you want to speak with anyone who's servicing your clients as well as yourself, the CPAs, and you want to educate them and connect them with capital gains tax solutions to empower them with their strategy so they can too can grow their business. You see, see part of our mission is not only helping the client, it's actually helping the business professional who's helping the client. So we're on a mission to train 100,000 business professionals on how to use this deferred sales trust to grow their business. So the answer is education and then implementation. Implement, implement. Implement. Now, let's say, for example, I'm in a high state tax uh, bracket in the area. How, let me put it this way, and what close of move funds outside of a taxable state can you save 40% on state tax on how and why? Great question. So the first thing to understand is this, estate tax is not capital gains tax. Okay. So a lot of people get the two confused. They think, oh, I get a stepped up basis so I can walk away tax-free. Not so fast. You can walk away capital gains tax-free or your kids can once, once you pass away. But estate tax is something completely separate. In fact, estate tax accounts for 40% of anything that's left inside your taxable estate that's greater than the exclusion amounts. What are the exclusion amounts? 22 million if you're married, 12 million if you're single, but those are set to expire in 2025, at which those are probably gonna be cut in half. So let's do an example, Ricardo. Okay. Let's say you're worth $52 million today. Yeah, boom. And let's say all 52 million is inside of your taxable estate. Let's imagine you're married, so you get that first 22 million is exempt. But guess what? You have 30 million still inside of your taxable estate. Well, if you pass away and so does your wife tomorrow, your kids are going to be faced with a $12 million estate tax. That's 40% on $30 million. Yeah. That's not good, right? That's a big part of wealth that could have been given to causes that you believe in, to your great, 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 great grandkids' college education, whatever you wanted to do with it, right? Or you want your trust to do with it. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of the Deferred Sales Trust and that we can move all of your equity on the sale of an asset, so let's say you have a $30 million business that you're selling, and we can move all of that outside the taxable estate in one transaction in one day. And why is that important? Well, in the transactional type of exit planning, you're having to do what? Sell and gift small amounts slowly or give it all away to charity. I see. There's nothing wrong with 
giving it all away to charity, but most people don't want to give it all away to charity. No. So the deferred sales trust is beautiful in that you can sell, defer, not have to give any of it away to charity if you don't want to, and move it all outside your taxable estate, saving that 40%, which makes it transformational. You know, your company helps create and the importance of all these plans and how to build this tax deferred wealth plan. How would you now, using your top seven questions in society or in life on how to defer taxes, how will you create this strategy and what are those strategies are? So, yeah, how do you differentiate what works for you? I think that's Correct. kind of the question you're yeah, asking. I mean, yeah, so, if you put it that way, because not everybody, not everybody has the same quality of uh, entity of straight for their strategies or how to create, you know, tax deferred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, you want to classify what asset you're selling and what's, what, what, are, what's, what laws are even available to you. So, for example, a primary home. Well, a primary home does not work for a 1031 exchange or a 1031 exchange doesn't work for a primary home because 1031 only applies to investment property. So we just sold a deal in Cupertino. Cupertino is right next to, it's actually the, the city of, of Apple headquarters. You know, mm -hmm. Apple, the biggest company in the world, right? Yeah. One of the top two. A $5 billion campus. Ricardo, if they built a $5 billion campus next to your house, guess how much value would increase over the last 20 years? Well, that's what happened with our client. Her name was Maxine, and her house went through the roof. But she was faced with huge capital gains tax. Kids are gone, empty house, and she wants to sell. She cannot do a 1031. She had what's called a 121 exclusion, which gives you 500000 if you're married or two fifty if you're single if you live there two of the last five years. But beyond that, she had no capital gains tax deferral option. So she used the Deferred Sales Trust. And that helped her to defer the tax. So that's the first thing. You want to make sure that you actually have an option for the deal that you're selling. Okay. So the next one would be, okay, so the deferred sales trust, it works for primary home. It works for investment property. It works for business. It works for cryptocurrency. It works for highly appreciated public stock, private stock. Yeah. The 1031 only works for investment property. Again, it can also work for, for a business, but I haven't seen anyone actually trade a business for a business. It's kind of a kind of really complicated thing. So that's step number one, just figure out what works for you. Step number two, do you want to give it all away to charity? Because the CRT does work for other asset types, but most people don't want to give 100% away irrevocably to charity, right? They want to give maybe 10% or 20% or 30%. So that's where the CRTs aren't, aren't as popular. And the next step would be, what do you see your time and energy being spent with? At a certain point, Ricardo, you've made enough wealth, and so have your clients if you're listening to this. They're baby boomers. You see, there's, they put blood, sweat, and tears into their dental practice, into their restaurant, into their car dealership for 20, 30, 40 years, and they're faced with this huge tax, and guess what? They're running out of time. Time for what? Time to spend time with their grandkids. Time to travel. Time to get rid of the toilets, trash, liabilities, employees, and government laws and regulation. They want to enjoy their wealth. They don't want to spend their time just building it, not selling it because of the tax. So guess what? We're going to help you map that out, create that vision, and then ask yourself, what tool, what strategy actually helps me to accomplish what I want? So once you determine what you want, Ricardo, we can help you get there. And oftentimes, most of the time, it's the deferred sales trust is the tool to get you there. So let me ask you this question. Let's say I'm a a franchise owner that I own hundreds, uh, multiple territories. My business is very successful. I'm making a lot of great money. Now I'm in the point where I want to retire, but then capital gain comes along the way. 
Is there any way to create a strategy method by creating a not-for-profit organization, which we see a lot of the people in the music industry doing so, where they take millions and millions of dollars to create a non-profit organization to avoid capital gain or taxing those entities. Can they do that also in the silver business of a franchise? I'm not familiar with nonprofits as a way to defer capital gains tax. You know, we are niche focused in the deferred sales trust. We do know about the 1031 exchange, charitable remainder trust, the opportunity zones, the Delaware statutory trust and the deferred sales trust. I have not seen the nonprofit part. I would only suspect that is very restrictive on what you could do with those funds. Part of the beauty of the deferred sales trust, it's very flexible about the payments that you can receive, how you can invest the money, you know, starting a new franchise with the money, buying more real estate with the money, never going to real estate if you don't want to. It's your money. It's owed to you. And there's no really restriction. That's why I, I like it. You know, I like it much better than the CRT because the CRT has a bunch of restri- has restrictions on it. I want freedom and flexibility. So I can only suspect that if you do like the nonprofit route, that there would be a lot of restrictions, but I can't speak for certain on that. Okay. Also, what are the largest wealth transfer in history that you you have planned out or that you have worked you know for charitable causes or with any wealth yeah so right now the largest wealth transfer in the history of the planet is happening and it's known as the baby boomer so i touched on it a little bit um, but i'll dive into the detail here and this is according to the american bankers association there's about 17 trillion dollars that will pass from one generation to the next to the next 20 years and this is by the baby boomers in fact there's about 77 million in the u.s alone that are turning 60 that are, that are turning 65 every day and there's about 10,000 of them turning 65 every day. And it's this huge massive wealth that's the largest wealth transfer that we know of in the history of the planet. And guess what, Ricardo, they want to be done with the toilet to trash liability and they want options, but they feel trapped and they feel stuck because if they sell, they're going to pay 30 to 50% in capital gains tax and depreciation recapture. So this is the big demographic, you know, and, and actual numbers. And so they need solutions like the deferred sales trust. No, I'm telling you, you have given a lot of great information and Brett, uh, we're running out of time, but um, where can our listeners contact you and try to obtain more information about you and who you are and what do you do so they can, in case they need a situation like you or prepare a strategy method for their business? Can they find you? Thank you. You can go to capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. That's capitalgainstaxsolutions.com. If they are going to be selling anything that's highly appreciated. Now, if you're a business professional, business broker, financial advisor, uh, commercial real estate owner, luxury realtor, you can go to experttaxsecrets.com. That's experttaxsecrets.com and learn how the Deferred Sales Trust can help you grow your business. Perfect. Well, Brad, I really want to thank you for everything you have shared with us. I look forward to visiting all your website and we'll share all your links directly within our site so that people can reach out to you. I appreciate very much. Thank you very much again. Wish you the greatest of success. Have a good one, my friend. Thank you very much. See you soon. Thanks for coming. Thank you. You've been listening to the inside story on franchising with your host, Ricardo Matos. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. That way, you'll never miss a new episode and you can help spread the word to more entrepreneurs like yourself. We really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you next time.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.